Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today we are continuing our parenting series covering type three and what to keep in mind when it comes to parenting as your type. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is I planned out my entire book launch well through, you know, the rough draft that is subject to alteration from my entire publishing team. However, we have some sense of what my future looks like and my friends, it is thick. My future is thick. Um, my thorn is I'm recording today in the airport and well, that's fun for me, but maybe not ideal for you. So forgive me if any sounds kind of float through here and there. And my bud is that my husband and I have gone down to couples therapy just once a month, but we've decided to keep that hour sacred for ourselves every week to have a date. And this is the first week that we'll get to really practice that. And I'm excited. Now, if you're new to this series, a quick refresher. So for each type, we'll do a brief overview of the Enneagram type, strengths in parenting, areas to watch out for, and tips for an easier time. I will be heavily referencing the book, Know Your Parenting Personality by Janet Levine. However, I am also expanding significantly on my own terms, but her book does go much more in depth in the points that she makes. So I will make sure to link that in the show notes for you. Today, we are discussing Enneagram Type 3, and as a reminder, Enneagram 3s are the achievers on the Enneagram. They are motivated by success, they fear being worthless, the message they have received is that they earn love and approval through being successful or impressive. I'm going to share the strengths and things to look out for, but before I do, I want to be clear that these are levels of health. We can do both the healthy and unhealthy behaviors in a given day, it really just depends on if we're catching ourselves or if we could work through these things and less often get to the unhealthy side of the behavior. But typically these are one behavior done well and done not well. It's kind of like the same the same spectrum at a different end. If we use this skill healthily, it looks really great. If we use this skill too much or in the wrong context, it doesn't work for us so much. So pay attention to that. So let's get into the strengths that type threes have as parents. First is typically confidence and self-trust, you know, being an authority. They tend to be reliable. Like a lot of times in relationships, type threes focus on being the ideal parent or spouse or friend. They easily assume the role of authority figure. 
They tend to be efficient, goal-oriented, and they're reliable in the sense that they will take care of you and make sure you have what you need. Things to look out for um, when striving to be a good parent, um, it can often turn into focusing on portraying the image of a perfect parent, and these are not the same thing. We'll get more into that in a second. The second is hiding your feelings and vulnerability. The third is loving through doing and not connection. Four, avoiding failure and rejecting negative feedback. And five, viewing family as a project and turning feelings off or ignoring them. So how do we work with this information to do less harm to ourselves and to our little ones? First, we slow down and we notice. The type three natural mode of being is playing a bunch of different roles and putting pressure on yourself to do them well. So PTO president, homework helper, house cleaner. You know, I went through a season where I thought I would pack a beautiful bento box for my kid for lunch every day. And that doesn't even consider work, marriage, and all of the other elements of parenting that arise. It can be tempting to play a bunch of different roles throughout the day, running from being one thing to the other, and all of the while missing the chance to truly connect with the ones you love because you are so focused on all that there is to do. So giving attention to one thing can feel unnatural if you're so accustomed to multitasking. And honestly, slowing down enough to be fully present with childlike interests it can be annoying if you're in the go, go, go mode all the time. So a great practice is just to take three deep breaths when you catch yourself running on to do the next thing and to stop and just practice being present for, you know, maybe five minutes at a time. Start small and build from there. Number two, put that type three goal-oriented energy toward being a good listener. Areas in which you may struggle to listen are just generally slowing down long enough to pay attention to something that someone wants to share with you, especially if it's emotional and not action-oriented. I've had three say about others in the past, either fix it or give up, don't play the victim, which isn't very helpful when someone wants their needs validated. Now, at the same time, hearing negative feedback can be very painful. As we mentioned before, healing your childhood wounds is integral to being there for your children. And one of the pain points for three is that they aren't worthwhile. So they do everything in their power to not be failures and negative feedback can be incredibly triggering. However, to be in relationship, especially with our children as they get older, we need to be able to sit with and apologize for the pain we've caused. We won't be able to take it back, but we can healthily apologize from where we are. I know adults with type 3 parents who have tried to tell them that they've been hurt, only to have that parent yell at them and demand that they move on without honoring and respecting the pain that has been caused. And I get it. It's scary and painful and triggering, but it's also the parent's responsibility to create a healthy place for their children at any age. So what do we do? We practice. Meditation is incredibly helpful for slowing down long enough to listen. And also, I highly recommend finding a practice that allows you to get in touch with your own feelings so that the feelings of others don't feel like such a burden, whether that's therapy, unplugged walks by yourself to see what's present for you that day, or emotional awareness meditation, perhaps all of the above. Get in touch with your emotions and slow down so that you can be available emotionally and mentally for those that you care about. 
The other day I was driving in the car with a friend of mine and we were talking about getting older and I brought up AARP and we were talking about how much we appreciate the advocacy that they're doing for the communities that our grandparents are in and even a lot of our parents are in. And my friend, he was like, you know, I think for a long time I thought AARP was for people over 50. And he was like, but I'm learning now that it's actually an advocacy of people who are over 50. And the thing is that we get older, right? And as we get older, we're more concerned about affordable health care, lower prescription costs, protecting Social Security and Medicare, but also we're watching our family and our friends get older and we really care about them and want them to have the best chance at a safe and happy retirement. AARP advocates for you and offers financial and job resources, fraud protection help, information on joining local volunteer groups, and so much more. Now, because AARP knows you have a lot of good years ahead, when you hit 50, your life is not over. They're still looking out for you. Here's the truth. I love AARP for a lot of reasons, the first of which is the travel discounts. Like, I literally went and booked, I had a hotel booked in Philadelphia for May and I went through and rebooked it with my AARP discount and I saved $400 for the week. Like that, that is not a joke. Now we're going to give you a code that gets your membership for $12 a year, which means for $12, you can save 400 on just one hotel trip. So that's number one. But here's the real reason that I love AARP. One, they helped me with my retirement plan. I finally have my retirement plan set up, y'all. Like that is a big deal when you're talking about an Enneagram 7 here. The third and the most important reason is that they are the largest advocacy group for people over 50. That means that they are doing the work to fight for the rights of people over 50, which y'all, if you have been on this podcast, you know we support fighting for the rights of people. Even if we're not in that group yet, we fight for the rights of them, right? So that is what AARP is doing. So if you want to try the benefits for yourself, you can go to aarp.org egram to join for just $12 for your first year with automatic renewal. You'll get a second membership for free and AARP the magazine and a free gift. That's aarp.org slash egram. Again, make sure you go to AAP, make sure you go to aarp.org slash egram so you can get your membership for $12 and save 400 Thank you, AARP, for supporting the podcast. Number three build a strong sense of self-worth. And when I say self-worth, I do not mean a sense that you are accomplished. That is not true self-acceptance. True self-acceptance is loving yourself even when you're broken, even when you've hurt someone, even when you're failing, because we need to be able to apologize and understand the hurt we've caused and shame prevents our ability to do that. In our home, we have built a culture of apologizing. It is, we, tr- we try to make it as easy as possible. We try to make it as non-judgmental as possible. We don't judge ourselves for apologizing. We don't fear that others will judge us for apologizing. We apologize as fast as possible because we want everyone in our home to know that we care about how they experience us and we value their feelings. Now, this can also allow you to slow down enough to rest and really enjoy your family 
or even maybe have some fun. Like when you feel like your worth is attached to your achievement and that people could leave you behind if you're not constantly hustling, well, you're likely to miss out on the beautiful things that your family wants to share with you. And this can leave your children feeling like they are competing with your other goals, whether that is your career or that marathon that you're training for. They need to know that they are just as precious, just as important as the things that you seek to achieve. Another way to do this is to focus on the things that your children are interested in versus sharing your own accomplishments. Like they are not there to make you feel complete. You can find and create that within yourself. And so don't look to your children for a good job. Create a space within yourself where you are encouraged and then be present for the successes and beautiful failings of your children as well. Number four, find a balance of support and respect when it comes to the goals of your children. Our type threes can so easily take on the goals of others as if they are their own, and there's no greater temptation for this behavior than with your children. So having a strong sense of what you think is best for them or holding them to outdated ideas of who you thought they thought they'd be can prevent your ability to really know and support your children. So slow down and listen to what they want. Use your gifting to help them work toward it, but also pay attention to how you speak to them when they fail or want to give up. Notice how you speak to yourself when this happens and make sure that it's with love and grace and permission so that you can pass that on to your children too. The voice they hear when they fail for the rest of their life will have some sense of you in it forever. So choose your words carefully and err on the side of love so that they can more easily love themselves. Number five, practice loving through presence and not action. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I am an action-oriented giver of love. I love my people by packing their lunch, by making sure they have what they need to make the day easier, by walking through their to-do list with them, through reading the book, The Five Gears. I realized that I was loving them in the gear that was most suited for work and not for love. I've talked about this in the past, but essentially the, the book of five gears says there are five modes of being. Some of those are for deep work. Some of those modes are for socialization. Some of those are for intimacy and connection. And when we're in the wrong gear at the wrong time, that creates a lot of frustration for ourselves and for the people we're around. And I realized that I was using my work mode as my mode for love. And This is a temptation that is so common for threes that it may be permeated into your family culture. So practice being fully present with their emotions, their thoughts, their ideas, and just listening without giving advice. And this can help to balance out that strong tendency to fix and solve and do. Number six, focus on how it feels to be in your family, not how it looks to be in your family. So type threes are naturally image oriented. They are concerned that they have the appearance of having it all together. Pay attention to that tendency and allow room for a less than perfect image so that you can have a beautiful life. So an example of this is like letting your kids dress themselves so that they feel empowered to make decisions on their own and that to know that they are loved no matter what they look like is so much better, right, than having the perfect outfits every day with perfectly combed hair and everything put together. Um, sometimes it can be tempting to focus on the image, but it feels better to everyone when we focus on the love. 
And finally, number seven, let people do things in their way and in their timing. Um, yes, you may have figured out the best way to do things, but asking others to focus on that doesn't always help build connection and emotional safety. So it's important to let people try and sometimes fail without any I told you so's, but instead being able to say, that sucks and it didn't work out as planned. Do you want support, a solution, or just a little bit of space? And then trust their answer. Okay, friends, we will keep this series going until we get all the way back to type one, so stay tuned. Um, once that is done, we end with a conversation around children and their Enneagram type, so stay tuned for that as well. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.